What is going on? Welcome to the show. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Thanks so much for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. You can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com and on Twitter at Pete Callender. Um, So the headline today, uh, inflation, which was really, really weird because Biden just did that address yesterday talking about inflation. And then we get the numbers and it went it went up. Well, it slowed, but it's still up, but it slowed. I thought for sure his speech was going to do it. I thought it was just he gives a speech and then it all comes back down. But no, gosh, I feel so. I feel suckered. Inflation slowed slightly to just 8.3% for the 12 months ending in April, according to the Consumer Price Index. That is the first decline in eight months, but it's still a higher rate than economists had predicted. This is the the old unexpectedly. It's always how this stuff is framed in the news stories or on Twitter and the, the headlines. The much-anticipated numbers reported by the Bureau of Labor Statistics today, or yesterday, rather, revealed that inflation is still going strong. Wait, is today Tuesday? No, today's Wednesday. Yeah, okay. I just read the line. I thought I got my days confused. I apologize. Anyway, so they put out the report, and it reveals that inflation is still going strong, which I object to the use of that phrase when talking about bad economic news that is still going strong going just it conveys some sort of a sense of like yes we're persevering in a good way not inflation eating up our wealth and paychecks so the inflation is still going strong despite the federal reserve's interest rate hikes and is near the worst it has been since february of 1982 during the great inflation that's what they called it the great inflation that helped bring President Ronald Reagan to office. Washington Examiner reporting that energy prices moderated last month, but have soared 30.3% over the past year. So the word of the day today here is baseline. What is the baseline upon which you are working off of? Because the longer the inflationary period lasts the less likely yeah the less likely it is that you will see these increases be large because the large parts happened early and if the large parts keep happening month to month to month to month to month you're into like hyperinflation kind of territory so you have the initial ramp up the spiking and then it kind of levels out a little bit but it keeps growing it keeps going up there's no bueno Food prices have surged 9.4%. Again, this is looking at uh, the uh, month of last month, close of last month, April, and comparing it over the previous 12 months, over the past year. Although headline inflation fell, the details of the report hinted at underlying upward pressure on prices, which is economists speak for crabs getting expensive. Core CPI, which measures the changes in the price of goods and services, excluding food and energy, which nobody really uses, rose by a strong 0.6% for the month, more than the 0.4% that economists had predicted. So it was unexpected. The indices for shelter, airline fares, new vehicles, 
medical care, and recreation all ticked up in April, while the indices for apparel, communication, and used cars and trucks all trended downward last month. I would just like to point out here, I have not been gouging anybody on my communication. Just as a member of that sector, I am not, I'm not, I'm charging you the same amount as I always have. It's a flat rate of zero. In some good news for the economy, used car prices, which were previously a big driver of inflation, fell for the third month in a row. So it seems to me like that might be, uh, you know, driving a lot of the decline because the used car prices went up so high. And now that they're not, they're starting to come down a little bit. Seems like that would put some, as economists call it, downward pressure. The average price of gas is at a record high. $4.37 a gallon, according to the AAA. Now, uh, Philip Wegman, I believe he is with, um, yeah, Real Clear News. He talks about this. He says increases are now being measured against high price readings from last spring. That is when inflation started to take off. So when you look back a year ago and you've got the early months of the the inflationary period that are now starting to fall off. It'll say, the same thing is going to happen right when we look at May, probably, too. That when April of 2021 falls off and then May of 2021 falls off, you're going to be at the elevated level, so the percentage increase is going to look smaller. But if you go back to the beginning, you go back pre-inflationary period, basically before Biden got into office, if you go back to then, then you're going to see oh my gosh, the prices are skyrocketing. Inflation is, is skyrocketing. Which leads me to another story. The baby formula shortage. Jim Garrity at National Review, he said there's a clear dividing line between American households with newborns and those without newborns. And you can see it in which people have been talking about and worrying about this nationwide Infant formula shortage. Some people have been hyper-focused on it for months. And then you got another group of people, and I probably am kind of more in this category, where just kind of found out about the problem recently. And by recently, I mean probably within the last two to three weeks, I became aware of this. It's not like today I became aware of it, but it is true that people who have been trying to find baby formula for the last six months or so, they've been running into problems and they've been complaining about it. They've been worrying about it because you got to feed the baby. Target, Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, they're all limiting how much infant and toddler formula customers can purchase per visit. So how did we, the United States, the wealthiest, most advanced nation, prosperous nation on the planet, how did we end up in a situation where so many parents are worrying about feeding their youngest kids? Well, most reporting on the shortage points the finger at Abbott Laboratories, which instituted a recall back in February of powder formulas. This would include Similac, Alimentum, and Elicare. Those were all manufactured in its uh, Sturgis, Michigan facility. The recall, which the company emphasizes was totally voluntary, It came after four consumer complaints of 
Chronobacter Sakazaki, a.k.a. Salmonella Newport, which is weird because I thought that the president was going to ban the Newports. Sorry. All right, we'll get into more of the details on the uh, baby formula shortage, what's causing it. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. What is up with the baby formula shortage? How did that happen? Abbott Laboratories instituted a February recall because they found, uh, or they had some complaints, consumer complaints about Chronobacter Sakazaki, a.k.a. Salmonella Newport. And uh, this can cause, these Chronobacter germs can cause sepsis, a dangerous blood infection, and that... uh, is even worse for the young babies. Uh, Infants are more severely affected than adults. Jim Garrity, writing at National Review today, says that as a precaution, the lab recalled all formula manufactured in the facility with an expiration date of April 1, 2022 or later. The supply chain for infant formula was actually strained well before the recall. Okay, so number one, you got the recall. Number two, supply chain, which, all right, look, I get it. There are supply chain issues. I do understand that. But I think a lot of people are using that as an excuse for some stuff. Just want to throw that out there. According to the data research firm Data Assembly, the percentage of stores nationwide at which formula was out of stock surpassed double digits way back in July of 2021 And by this past January, it had hit 23%. So basically a quarter, a quarter of stores nationwide were out back in January. According to Data Assembly, infant formula is now out of stock in 40% of stores nationwide. So it's gotten worse. Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, Missouri, Texas, and Tennessee – all reporting more than half of baby formula is completely sold out during the week that started April 24th. And then in another 26 states, you're somewhere between 40 and 50% sold out of supplies. In January, the Wall Street Journal reported that consumers were having a hard time finding formula and manufacturers and retails, uh, retailers were each pointing the finger at each other. Now, uh, you'll recall, by the way, uh, this was January It was just before Christmas that uh, President Carter got up there and uh, talked about how uh, the much predicted supply chain crisis and the empty shelves like that didn't happen. Remember, he was boasting about that before Christmas. People were very worried that they wouldn't be able to get Christmas presents for people. And he was like, come on, man, packages and moving gifts delivered. Shelves not empty. Remember? Who could forget? It was a very captivating speech. I really captured the essence of it there. But that was January. It's gotten worse. So you got recall. You got supply chain. What else? Pandemic. Not in the way like you're thinking, like pandemic, supply chain. No, no, no. Pandemic disrupted the American baby-making industry. Look, it's not really an industry, but the baby-making process. 
The pandemic disrupted it. As much as it disrupted every other American activity, the U.S. birth rate declined during the pandemic and hit a low of 55.3 births per 1,000 women ages 15 to 44 in the first quarter of 2021. All right? So you got the pandemic influence on the baby-making industry. And then there's another wrinkle to all of this. Crime. Infant formula is one of the items most frequently stolen from retail stores. That according to a survey of retailers conducted by the National Retail Federation. Now, to be sure, there are probably some poor or desperate parents. They shoplift the baby formula. But it is not, that's not the majority. That's not the large majority of the people that are doing the stealing. It's organized retail theft operations that target formula because it is, I've never heard of this term before. It's CRAVED, C-R-A-V-E-D. It's an acronym, CRAVED. This is the criteria described by criminologists. So CRAVED stands for concealable, removable, available, valuable, enjoyable, and disposable. Now you could probably dispute the term enjoyable, Jim Garrity says, but parents of newborns always need it, and that ensures a consistent market for resale. While you might be thinking of the scenes of, uh, you know, the anarchy of groups of thieves ransacking retail stores out in California, large-scale theft of infant formula, it's actually not a new problem. It's been going on for a while, and it's not like a smash-and-grabby kind of a thing. People go in. Uh, and he documents a couple of different types of the uh, the ways that they lift this stuff and get it out of the stores. And it's pretty rudimentary. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Going over some of the uh, reasons for the baby formula shortage. But let me first jump over here to the phones and I will get uh, first up is Jeff. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Pete, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? Well, I wanted to ask the question, is it not possible, if not probable, that the primary reason baby formula is not available right now is that one company or maybe a small handful of companies is now allowed to dominate that market. So as I understand, I mean, there are other brands and uh, unless there's like something real specific and uh, Garrity uh, goes over some of this as well, there are, uh, he quotes a pediatrician that says, uh, if your baby's on some sort of a specific, extensively hydrolyzed or amino acid-based formula, uh, there's no store brand substitute that exists. But other than that, you can go with any brand because they're all basically identical. So I don't know if this is people not buying or, or if they're preferring a brand, you know, or and then they don't want to get the off brand or something like that. Um, but I don't know what the market is and market share is of all of the different players in that market. What, so what's your, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, my thoughts are that if, this, if the reason for the shortage, which is supposedly Abbott and draw, uh, withdrawing their product from the market because of this problem, 
then the others would quickly fill the void in, as used to happen in a free market society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a, a basic commodity type product is very, I'm guessing, very simple in chemistry. So you got to think that uh, either Abbott has way too much uh, influence there or there just aren't any choices, I'm thinking. And, and one more thought, you see, you're seeing that across, or at least I'm seeing that across the, the markets in the United States where from, you know, e, uh, E-type companies to basic commodity-type companies are able to buy up all their competitors now where they, they used to not, they used to be prevented by antitrust laws. Yeah. Well, I think, so, I mean, I know there are competitors. I think there's actually also an FDA component because, of course, there's always a, a GovCo component. I think there's, yeah. uh, there's an FDA uh, component that has to do with the importation of baby formula. I, mm-hmm. I, I saw something about it uh, earlier today, uh, and I just kind of went by it, and I, I, I did not print it or pull it because like that's a whole other side of this. But it's not simply yeah. that the it's not simply Abbott Labs and the recall. It's it, it is as Garrity is laying out here. It is also the supply chain problems. It is also the pandemic, and when that happened, people did not have as many babies, which then forced the companies that make the products, right, that parents buy when they have babies, they started uh, dialing back on their production. And then they tried to ramp back up again, and it's it's going to be more problematic. Um, And then there's also the crime, where this is like one of the things that these organized crime rings steal uh, because it is so easily resellable especially as That's the cost amazing. of them go high. I know I had no idea about the, uh, the crime component. So Jeff, Maybe I appreciate it. Silver lining here that uh, breastfeeding will come back into uh, style yeah. <laughs> and make the babies healthier. Yeah, that's possible, uh, but some people can't do it, uh, and I recognize that, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate the call, Jeff. Yeah, all right, take it easy. Let me jump over here to Jim. Hello, Jim. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Yeah, Pete. Hi. Uh, Elon Musk says there's just not as many babies being born. Uh, it kind of ties into the uh, abortion debate, the leak from the Supreme Court. Janet Yellen herself, just a few days ago, testified before the Senate Banking Committee. Senator Scott reacted to her comments as harsh. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Treasurer Yellen said that it would uh, hurt the economy if women could not have access, and in many cases, free access, to abortion. Mm -hmm. It would would hurt the advancement or improvement of their lives. I'm specifically talking about women. Right. And I'm thinking, well, uh, Ms. Yellen, you're a good example. You became the head of the biggest bank in the world, and now you're the chief treasurer of the biggest country in the world. Well, she just meant for other people that are not as awesome and intelligent as she is, obviously. All these other women are not as good as she is, so they can't achieve these things. But, Pete, I have another comment. Yeah. Elon Musk is very prescient, despite of what you may think of his politics. I agree with that. There's not many as many babies being born now. In America. And... Well, even in different parts of the world. Just look at Western Europe. Yeah, well, but there are parts of the world where there are a lot of babies being born. Although I will say, you look at the the population trends, and globally, like, we kind of have, we've hit this plateau of, like, 7 billion, 8 billion or so. I forget what the number is. But it's not, it seems to have kind of leveled out a little bit. 
but but Pete, so many women in this country go to work; they don't have babies anymore. Mm-hmm. And even if they have a baby, they don't breastfeed it like they did maybe seventy-five or a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. They go right back to work. The baby goes into childcare, and therefore you need the um, formula. Mm-hmm. Well, but, so, but again, some people to- are some people are not able to are not able to breastfeed for various reasons. I'm not sure. Look, I am not, I'm not projecting uh, whatever my preference is on anybody else. I refuse to do that. And, you know, just like a hundred years ago, if that's going to be the standard, people were cranking out seven, eight, nine kids because half of them would die. So, I mean, like, I don't, I, I don't know if that's exactly a, a great comparison. Uh, I mean, I under, is there a, is there an assertion at the end of this, uh, at the end of this, conversation here that you're trying to build to yeah okay go for that don't stay home with babies anymore and breastfeed them what has that got to do with the shortage (laughs) there's no need for breast milk they're concentrated suppliers see now hang on now hang on jim here you go see now this is i look at this because you know me i'm all about solutions so i look at this as an opportunity you know what we need to do is go into business Selling breast milk. I think that's a great idea. Thank you. See that? I'm a giver. What can I say? You can run with that. All right. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate the call. So the other uh, component here, crime. And I mentioned these are, it's not smash and grab kind of organized crime stuff. There was a guy in Orlando, big time baby formula pilferer. And he would go into the store and uh, usually like a Walmart, like a big box store, and he would get one of the storage bins that are, you know, for sale on the shelves, plastic, you know, tub with the lid, and he would fill that up, and then he would walk out with a receipt of, a, of the purchase of the bin. So as if he just walked in to buy this one bin, but the thing was stuffed with the baby formula. Um, there are others that work in teams. One couple used their children as camouflage stowing their take in a specialized diaper bag that retains its shape, empty or full. Another hid the formula in a stroller with a spacious undercarriage. Many thieves favor reusable Walmart bags. Not the plastic ones, because those are killing Gaia Earth, but the reusable ones that you get to transport all the bacteria back and forth, um, they have the advantage of a precise capacity. You can put 18 of the 12.5-ounce cans of formula or 9 of the 1.45-pound tubs, and you can stack them. So you can max out that reusable. I, I probably said too much here. People are probably taking notes about this. The shortage of formula is indeed a recall problem. It is a supply chain problem, but it is also an inflation problem, and it is a crime problem. But it's an opportunity if you want to go into business selling breast milk. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Do you know that normally parents spend between twelve dollars to $1,500 per year in the first year on infant formula? Twelve dollars to $1,500 a year, so about $100 to what, $125 a month. So if you're 
pregnant woman, you should. Oh, sorry. If you are a if you're a pregnant person, sorry. If you are a pregnant person, you may want to start budgeting for that. Look, I don't make these rules. I don't make the rules on what to call people. I have long argued for the creation of an app because, again, I'm all about solutions and I'm a giver. So I give this to you. If you want to create an app that will keep us constantly updated on the preferred vocabulary uh, of the Church of Wokeism. And so uh, this way, like, we'll get an alert. It'll, like, come down, like, the EAS system, the emergency broadcast system. It'll come on down and be like, hey, we just updated this word. You know, from now on, it's not pregnant women. It's pregnant people. And they could incorporate, like, the Associated Press, who actually just did that. The Associated Press put out a notice the other day when the whole abortion debate flared up. And, ooh, wow, we got some contradictory messaging going on here well, with the whole transgender issue and uh, and now the, the women's health care, quote-unquote, abortion issue, uh, there seems to be some cl- uh, conflict. And so Kimberly Cruisey, Cruisey, Crazy, Crazy, Crazy? Okay. Uh, Kimberly Crazy, AP reporter based in Tennessee. Um, she said, phrasing like pregnant people or... People who seek an abortion seeks to include people who have those experiences but do not identify as women, such as some transgender men and some non-binary people. Such phrasing could be or should be confined to stories that specifically address the experiences of people who do not identify as women. After she tweeted that out, by the way, she muted uh, the conversation so she would not have to see all of the dragging that people were doing of her. Um, one of which was my favorite response, which was uh, maybe we could come up with like a shorthand, uh, like a single word maybe for people assumed to be able to give birth at some point in their life. Maybe there could be a word for that. Like if you're able to give birth, why don't we call that person a thing? And then this way we would know everybody who's giving birth or could give birth is of that same characteristic. I would submit woman. All right. Hello, Stan. Welcome to the program. How are you? I, I, I wanted to tell you, we owe you an apology, Pete. We, you, keep breaking, we keep breaking things while you're gone. That's fair. <laughs> I, and I say every single day I tell you not to, and it just keeps happening. You're right. Well, so you might want to rebrand and change that last statement to... To um, break as little as possible while I'm gone. Okay. That way, we will match the current reality. I got you right. So yeah, why set an impossible goal for you? Yeah, I understand. That, that, that's correct. And I, I'm, I'm help, trying to help because I'm a giver just like you. You are. I I can sense that about you, Stan. Yeah. So now I want to ask you one quick question. Yeah. Um. Well, why is it every time we have a crisis that one of the first people they want to drag out and get their opinion on it, based on the result of his presidency, is Jimmy Carter? At this point, why does anybody care what he thinks? Well, I think actually, uh, can, if I'm comparing Carter and Biden, I think Carter might actually be able to give some solid advice for Biden's improvement. <laughs> right? I mean, at this point, anything could help. Even Carter's mess-ups would probably be of some benefit. I was a giver again. I set you up for one. There you go. I appreciate that, Stan. Hey, remember, love, Rush Lim- show, thank you, Stan. I do appreciate that. Rush Limbaugh always used to say, remember, the, the job of the caller is what? The job of the caller is to make the host look good. That's it. Now, you could do that like Stan just did, him being a giver. 
Or, like, you could do it by being a complete idiot and letting me just, you know, just destroy you in, a, in an argument. And that would make me look good, too. So, uh, either way, it's fine by me. Or you bring some good information or conversation or some comedy, whatever. That's the whole point. So, um, oh, and then, as applied, the AP guidance on the pregnant people versus women nomenclature. I see uh, Callie Cox, Charlotte Observer reporter, doing a bang-up job making sure that these guidelines are adhered to for the pregnant people, or as as the headline calls it, those pregnant in jail. (laughs) Those pregnant in jail. We'll get to that in a minute. News is next. (laughs) 